0: It's The Morning Blend with David and Brenda, a double shot of Catholicism and conversation to start your day off right. On the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Mater Dei Radio.
1: And a very good Tuesday morning to you. It is April 4th, 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on The Morning Blend. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. And lo and behold, it's not snowing out there today. It is pretty. It's
2: soupy out there, though. It is soupy. Get some crackers. It's a lot of fog up on Sylvan Hill. I did run across a couple snowflakes coming down uh, on my drive in. All right. But again, it was real wet. It was well above freezing. So it didn't last long. Now, what
1: is the current temperature right now? I haven't even looked. It is 39. So 39. there you go. All
2: right. So it's, it's all wet out there. Uh, and there's a whole lot of wet. Yes. Yeah. For the rest of the week, we've got rain just about every single day.
1: They teased us earlier I with know. Uh, an Easter Sunday forecast. At one time, it was like. Uh, Sunny and 70 degrees.
2: I even saw Easter Monday, the day after, was in the middle 70s. We're like, what? Wow, this is going to be amazing. And And not so much. Immediately the day after, (laughs) the the models apparently decided that that was uh, too good to be true. That's right.
1: Well, it's a long way to go. Now it's a chance of showers high of 59. So Okay. That actually
2: is warmer, though, than it has been, 59 degrees. I'll take it. We'll take it.
1: That is fine. I got to tell you, a little tired. Are this you morning. tired today? Yeah, I got caught up with March Madness last night. The St- big
2: game. Stayed
1: up late past my bedtime, but uh, it was worth it. Fun last uh, last game, title game. Congratulations, the Yukon Huskies, fifth national title.
2: Wow, that's incredible.
1: You know, I I did not realize that, and because we were talking last week, and it was when. The teams had just played the Elite Eight, and the teams advanced to the Final Four. And I made the comment, because it was UConn, Miami, San Diego State, and Florida Atlantic. And I made the comment, uh yeah, no really any blue bloods in the, in the Final Four. I and remember then, that, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, and then later on, it's just like, no, wait a minute. Yukon's uh, this is their fifth title.
2: <laughs> it's like,
1: how can you not say that? I guess maybe because I was thinking more like,
2: Duke, those, North right.
1: Carolina, but my goodness, they've been, yeah, UConn, they have been N- dominant since the, like the mid nineties, new money, I guess uh, the, <laughs> the nouveau title holders, <laughs> but anyway, congratulations oh, to the Huskies.
2: Those boys worked hard. They
1: did. I stayed up and watched it and you know, it was San Diego state jumped out of the gates hot. Hit a couple shots and thinking, all right, here we go. And then UConn kind of flipped a script there. Yep. And they kind of, San Diego State did catch up towards the end, but it never really was in doubt. And uh, UConn ended up winning it. So there you go.
2: All right. Well, congratulations to them. And I'm tired. How much fun. And now you're tired. <laughs> and now so. I'm tired. Because <laughs> I,
1: I stayed up, too. I wanted to listen to kind of the, some of the post game, you know, okay. coaches and things. And so, yeah, it's like, uh, I better get going to bed here. Did you watch it?
2: Uh no. I watched the highlights. Oh, I caught okay. the end. There you go. I caught that's yeah. how I knew that they had won. Yeah. Is because I'm like, Oh, okay. Scott must have been watching it because he I started watching the show with my daughter and then he kept yelling uh updates yes. down the stairs yeah. at me. Yeah. And so that's how I was keeping up with that's what funny. was going on, because he was watching the game upstairs, I think, uh, catching up on some weather reports. Some uh, California has gotten an incredible amount of snow. Oh. And then they, they highlighted a city in Utah uh, that got 800 inches.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. 800, 800 inches. 800, Yeah
2: i went that is unbelievable and here we look out our window and we're still raining and funny thing is according to local news we're still an inch below average for this time of year for For rain
1: rain. for rain yeah right i think yeah i think the snowpack is doing (laughs) really well but yeah it's it is incredible I saw a story about California, and it's just like the amount of snow they got this year. Some towns can't, you know, they, they're, 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 they can't handle that much right. snow. Right, like
2: the city, like Mammoth, yeah. Mammoth Lakes. We used to go up there when we lived down in Southern California. That's where we would go ski. Six hundred inches of snow. You can't even get on the lift. Yeah, because it's up to the lift. Uh, Incredible. So it's just really, uh, they'll be they'll be skiing well into uh, spring and probably into summertime.
1: Yeah, the good news for them, though, because they've been in a drought for so long.
2: It'll be interesting to see how everything fills up trying, as it starts to melt off.
1: Trying to fill up those reservoirs, which they really need. I mean, so that that's the good side to it all, is that hopefully they kind of replenish all the water that they've lost over the last few years.
0: There you go. You ready okay. to start the show? Hey, let's do okay. this. Okay.
2: Well, David, religious leaders in the Holy Land have requested enhanced security as three world religions descend in Jerusalem for feast days happening in April. This is real interesting.
1: All right. If you're a backpacker, it's a big morning. I'll tell you why coming up in the new show. Okay.
2: I'll be ready for it. We got a great show ahead for you on this Tuesday morning. Here is the Vigil Project Always Faithful. And we are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.
3: Before you split the sea, you were leading me. Oh, 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 cause your love is sure. Before you break the dawn, we chase darkness with the sun, oh, cause your love is sure. You're always faithful, always faithful. You are the love that will endure. All of your promises are sure. You're everlasting, you never fail. Even before we knew your love You gave your life for all of us You are faithful oh, You're always faithful
1: the Vigil Project and Always Faithful. It's 7-Eleven at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on this Tuesday of Holy Week. Tuesday of Holy Week. Tuesday of Holy Week. Mount Hood Hospice, one of our Leadership Circle members, they have a very special event coming up. You're going to hear about it right after the forecast.
4: online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665.
5: This is Father Eric Anderson, pastor of St. Stephen's Catholic Church in Portland, Oregon. Please join me in praying a morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, in union with the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer Thee the precious blood of Jesus from all the altars throughout the world, joining with it the offering of my every thought, word, and action of this day. O Jesus, I desire today to gain every indulgence and merit that I can, and offer them together with myself to Mary Immaculate, that she may best apply them in the interests of the most sacred heart. Precious blood of Jesus, save us. Sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.
1: For more prayer resources or to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at materdayradio.com.
6: Only a few days remain before Motder Radio's 2023 Spring Charathon, Seek the Truth, and we need your help to make this a successful event. Join us as we lead more searching souls into the way the truth and the life of Jesus Christ on April 17th through 21st. To prepare for this week of joyful celebration, please prayerfully consider making a gift to help us build a strong matching fund. Your support now will have a sizable impact on the success of Mater De Radio's 2023 Spring share by providing a sound incentive for other listeners to match your financial generosity. To learn more and make your matching gift now, go to materderadio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And join us as we seek the truth during our 2023 Spring Shareathon, coming April 17th through 21st to Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
2: It is 713 here at Montserrat Day. Rainy, well, cool, rainy morning, bringing snow levels down to about a 1,000 feet, maybe 1,500 feet to see it sticking. So watch out for slippery roads here in the valley. Yeah, lots of rain today. Highs reaching only to the upper 40s, maybe near 50 degrees. Then overnight, we're back to the middle 30s. Uh, more rain on deck for tomorrow and high stars. Back up to 50 degrees.
1: All right, 39 degrees at St. Pius X Church in Portland.
2: And it is also 39 degrees at St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Vancouver.
1: Well, coming up on April 7th, Mount Hood Hospice, a member of Mater Day Radio's Leadership Circle, will be opening an event titled grief made visible. It really is a special opportunity to showcase works of art. To give us an explanation of the art show is Mount Hood Hospice's Director of Bereavement Services, Laura Lorette, and she joins us this morning. Good morning, Laura. Great to talk with you.
7: Good morning. Thank you for having me.
1: Well, so you are the Director of Bereavement Services, as I said, at Mount Hood Hospice. So tell me a little bit about your position, what you do before we get into the event itself.
7: Absolutely. So my position is multifaceted. I am here to support families and friends of our patients who have died on service for a year. So there are some things specific to them that I do kind of behind the scenes. And then I also offer a caregiver support group as well as grief education and grief support groups that are general community resources. So no one has to be connected to Mount Hood Hospice to partake in those group offerings. Those are just a free community resource that we offer to anyone who might be needing support while accompanying someone through an advanced illness or after the death if they're needing support in the adjustment process that follows.
1: Mm, I see, and I I see you do have a number of activities, which we'll get into, but I did want to talk first about Your Grief Made Visible. Again, this starts on Mm -hmm. April 7th, and tell us about this art show. As I said, it really is special.
7: Yes, we are thrilled to be offering it. It's the first time we're doing something like this, and I am fortunate in that For the last six months, I have had an art therapy student from Lewis and Clark's master's program with me who's been doing some art groups. And this term, she asked if we could maybe do some kind of exhibition of the work that's being created in those groups that she's been offering, which has now snowballed into inviting all of our past cohorts of writing groups to share their work as well, and a local coffee shop, the Ant Firm Cafe in Sandy, Oregon, where we're based, is going to be hosting that show for the month of April. So we'll have writing that people have created in our Breathe, Move, Write group um, that combines breath movement practices, literary readings, and writing prompts, as well as individuals who have been participating in the art groups that my intern has been running. Um, So we'll have some visual art displays as well that will be open and available during business hours at the Ant Farm for people to go see the whole month of April. And the official show opening is Friday, April 7th from 5 to 7 p.m.
1: And this is going to go all April, all through April? Yeah,
7: it'll be on display through the month of April. They do a first Friday show opening every month for whatever art is being displayed that month. And then it stays up for the entire month of the show.
1: Oh, wonderful. So... Have you had an opportunity to view or read any of the uh, things that are going to be on display?
7: Yes. So um, I am the one who does all of our groups. (laughs) So I've gotten to actually be part of the creation process for all of them. But a lot of our members have submitted writings that they've done in past groups. um, And they're really just powerful, vulnerable, beautiful um, renderings of the complexity and scope that grief can take us. It's not just about sorrow and sadness. It's about a lot of other emotions that come up as part of that adjustment process after a relationship has ended due to a death.
1: Right. And I've got to believe, too, this is somewhat of a outlet for folks, if you will, to be able to express themselves.
7: Absolutely. The purpose behind the groups is to really help people create some internal resources for themselves to support themselves when those feelings get intense. And a wonderful side effect of being in a group is that they also make connection with each other. They hear other people telling their stories with different details. And so it really can help break down the isolation that is pretty common for folks who are adjusting after a death loss. There's this weird sense of timelines in our community That after three months people should just be over it and after a year they should definitely have moved on and none of that is actually true those natural supports start falling away pretty soon after a death loss but for the person who's grieving it can last for a really long time because there's infinite numbers of losses that accompany the death of someone there's an identity transformation that usually happens And so having a space where people are able to really connect and create community and hear each other and hold whatever is coming up and the wide range of emotions that might be coming up has been a really beautiful thing to witness. And the writings and the artwork that are coming out of it show show the intensity of people's experiences in that adjustment process.
1: Again, we're speaking with Laura Lorette. She is Mount Hood Hospice's Director of Bereavement Services. They will be starting a Grief Made Visible art show on April 7th from 5 to 7 p.m. going to be at the Ant Farm in Sandy, Oregon, and that'll run all through the month of April. I have to believe, too, Laura, that through programs like this, it is an opportunity for folks who are going through grief with the loss of a loved one to develop some friendships there, too, and some relationships with people that they are working with in this process.
7: Yes. So it's been really fascinating, even with our online groups where people aren't physically sharing space. I always leave the chat box open as kind of a a substitute for the parking lot. And it's not uncommon for people to let me know that they're getting together for coffee or going on walks or getting together to just continue that support or sending messages to check in with each other. And the same thing is happening now that we have in-person groups. It's pretty common that the folks who come to our in-person group go out to lunch together afterwards. That's not something I organize. It just seems to spontaneously happen fairly regularly that that's what occurs. And so it's really building that social support network of people who understand and can hold whatever somebody might need to have witnessed um, Mm -hmm. during their journey. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right. Yeah, and
1: and you have other events and activities going on throughout the year, too, even though Grief Made Visible is a new one, but I'm just looking at some of the opportunities that you have there, some of them that deals with education, like Mm -hmm. breathing and living with grief, and some classes in that regard. Tell me about that.
3: Yeah.
7: So we have ongoing weekly support groups. There's a general grief one, as well as one for folks who maybe had some difficult aspects to the relationship. So perhaps mental health, um, abuse was part of the history or dynamic substance use, suicide. There's jagged edges to that relationship. I offer a separate support group for individuals where that might feel more reflective of the relationship because the conversations are different. And then both of those groups have education groups where there's a six-week series where we kind of dive into specific things that might be coming up and have conversation about how that information relates. It's a way of putting a context to people's experience because frequently people think that their experience is in isolation when really the things that are happening to them happen to a lot of people in a lot of places
3: sure.
7: all the time. So it's a way to normalize and help people understand sort of the vast ways that grief might come up, because sometimes they're surprising. People don't often think about GI distress or apathy or inability to focus mm-hmm. as things that could be connected to a loss experience, but they are.
1: Yeah, and, and, and some of your opportunities are open to the general public, not mm-hmm. having just to be having worked with Mount Hood Hospice, but anyone?
7: Correct. Yes. All of our support groups are available. All of our education groups are available to anyone in the community. And we do offer one for caregivers who have someone whose illness will eventually kill them. There is a support group for those caregivers because that can also be a really isolating experience. And there's a lot of ambiguous loss that occurs when you're watching health declines happen. There's a lot of anticipatory grief that happens for the caregiver as they're watching people diminish in their abilities and capacities and so we have a caregiver for them a a group that meets for them as well so that they get some support on board before the death happens and then we also have a remembrance event that happens every year at mining park in Sandy. And it's a beautiful event where we frame photos that the community submits. They don't have to be connected to hospice. They don't have to have died in the last year. We have some families that use it as their way of saying hello to their relatives every year. And so they'll send in 10, 12 photos and just add in additional photos if somebody has died more recently and it's just this beautiful space where we hang the photos along the walkway in the park and there's these big gorgeous trees and lots of ferns and people can just come in during the time that it's open to walk the space to reflect to share stories to see their people in the context of other people's people and realize that this is a human experience if we choose to be in relationship we will either be left or we will leave. Mm. Those are the only two options. And so the grief process is a natural thing that happens when we engage in relationship with other people.
1: I was just gonna say finally, too, this morning, if you could tell folks, what's the best way to learn about these programs or to get in touch with you or Mount Hood Hospice?
7: So you're welcome to look at our website. It's mounthoodhospice.org, and it's mthoodhospice.org. There's a grief support tab, that has all of the group support information on it. And then there's a community services tab that also has information about the time of remembering. That's that remembrance event that happens. You can also just email me. My email address is all over the website, but it's my first initial L and my last name, Lirette, L-I-R-E-T-T-E, at mounthoodhospice.org. Or you can just call our main number, and they'll send you my way. I can give you information about whatever you're needing, and that number is 503-668-5545.
1: Excellent. Laura Lorette, she is Mount Hood Hospice's Director of Bereavement Services. Laura, great to talk with you this morning. Thank you for all the really important work that you do in the programs that you have.
7: Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure talking with you.
1: All right. Well, have a wonderful day.
7: You too. Take care.
2: And it is 725 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, important events like that can also be found on our community calendar. It is full of things, especially during this Holy Week, where you can really enter into our Lord's Passion, Death, and Resurrection. You can find out all the information also on our Hail Mary media app. It's the community calendar under the Get Involved menu at MaterDayRadio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Ernesto's Italian Restaurant, a place to celebrate life's moments. Ernesto's offers full-service dining, banquet facilities for groups of 15 to 180, catering, takeout, and large order delivery. Featuring traditional Italian dishes with Chef Marco's inspired modern entrees and weekly specials. Ernesto's Italian Restaurant, 8544 Southwest Apple Way, on Beaverton Hillsdale Highway, next to Jesuit High School.
1: Would you like to make your spring cleaning plans a little easier this year? Let Mater Day Radio give you a hand. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you would like to clear out, our vehicle donation program is just the answer. You can donate your vehicle to Mater Dei Radio and get a likely tax deduction in return. It's quick and easy, giving you a real jump start to your spring cleaning. Learn more about our vehicle donation program at materderadio.com.
0: The Morning Blend. Two hours a day for two times the fun. Two times the fun on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary.
1: And it is seven twenty-seven at Mater Day Radio. Now, the former president expected in a New York courtroom today. We'll have details in the news.
2: And religious leaders in the Holy Land have requested enhanced security as three world religions descend to the city of Jerusalem. For feast Days this month. I'll have that story for you coming up in news. Here is Steve A. Grazano and Sarah Hart. May your kingdom come. We are The Morning Blend on Matzor Day Radio.
8: The Spirit of God, fill us with fire to shine your light for all those in need. Give us the strength to love in your name so all the world will come to believe. May your kingdom come, let justice may ring. May your kingdom come, let justice may ring. May our lives bear witness to the power of your name. May your kingdom come, let justice may with joy.
1: Steve Agrizzano and Sarah Hart. May your kingdom come. It's 731 at Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
2: And in your news, Christian leaders of Jerusalem on March 31st issued a joint statement calling on governing authorities to enhance security at holy sites as Easter approaches. Some churches, funeral possessions and public gathering venues have become targets of attacks," said the group of Catholic Orthodox and Protestant leaders. Now Christianity, Judaism, and Islam all consider Jerusalem a holy city, and all three religions have major religious observances in the coming weeks. Many will crowd Jerusalem's old city during this time. Now Easter falls on April 9th for Christians who follow the Gregorian calendar, while many Orthodox Christians will celebrate Easter the following Sunday. For Jews, Passover observances will last from sunset on April 5th through April 13th, and Muslims begin their observances of the holy month of Ramadan on March 22nd.
1: Now, speaking of security, it will be on high alert today in the Big Apple, as former President Donald Trump is expected to appear in a New York courthouse to face criminal charges handed down by a grand jury last week. The indictment is expected to be unsealed today as well, providing the public and the former president's legal team with the first details about the specific charges. A judge ruled yesterday that no television cameras will be allowed in the courtroom to broadcast the arraignment. Trump's legal team has said the former president will plead not guilty and challenge every potential issue once the indictment is unsealed. Trump, who has vowed to continue his 2024 presidential bid despite the charges, is slated to speak tonight from Florida.
2: Well, lawmakers are considering banning styrofoam to go containers in Oregon, as well as so-called forever chemicals known as polyfluoroalkyl substances. We'll just go with PFAs. Now, on Monday, the bill sailed through the Senate with bipartisan support. Now, KGW spoke with customers outside food carts on Southwest 4th Avenue who said, well, the effort feels like a positive move for Oregon. Now, Senate Bill 545 is trying to stop the doggy bags by letting customers bring in their own containers. This bill would direct the Oregon Health Authority to adopt rules, giving diners the option of using their own containers to fill with fresh food to go or their leftovers. It also passed the Senate with bipartisan support. Now, the biggest concern with that, though, is around sanitation. So if you don't want to be handing your containers over to a food cart, having them fill it and then giving it back to you because yeah. there might be a contamination issue. Now, public hearing is scheduled for Wednesday in front of the House Committee on Climate, Energy, and Environment.
1: So it's interesting. We started doing this quite a while ago, bringing our own containers with us if we go Do out to really? eat. Yeah, and you you know. you've
2: never been stopped saying you can't use your own containers no, no, to not take not your at all. leftovers? In
1: fact, usually the wait staff is happy yes they're they're like oh great thank you for doing that and so we bring them in and they fill them up and we take them home take them and like like glass with plastic lit you know right yeah
2: i never even think about bringing a container like for your you know your leftovers to bring home with you that it's so easy to do oh
1: yeah my wife just puts one in her purse or a couple in her purse and we bring it in with us and i gotta remember to do that yeah it's really that's a great idea If you're an avid backpacker or just want to get out into the wilderness for a couple of days, here's a heads up for you. Starting at 7 this morning, overnight wilderness permits are on sale for all overnight trips in the Mount Jefferson Mount Washington, and Three Sisters wilderness areas from June 15th to October 15th this year as announced by the U.S. Forest Service. Of the overnight permits allotted for the year, 40% will be made available today, while the remaining 60% will be available seven days in advance of the date requested. A permit is technically free, but comes with a $6 processing fee. Now, day hikers also need permits between June 15th and October 15th, but won't be able to book them as far in advance. The permits are available on the web at recreation.gov.
2: Well, a new study from a wallet hub has declared Portland the sixth healthiest city in America. All right. Number six. Now, the personal finance website released its new report Monday's ranking 2023's healthiest, unhealthiest cities in America. After comparing several factors that affect the health of a city's residents, WalletHub research found that Portland is doing a pretty decent job at promoting wellness and an active lifestyle. So in its study, WalletHub compared more than 180 of the most populated cities in the U.S. and they were compared across four key dimensions, healthcare, food, fitness, green space. Of course, Portland. We rank particularly high in the food and green space dimensions. Now, above Portland was Salt Lake City in fifth, mm-hmm. San Diego, Honolulu, Seattle, San Francisco came in at number one.
1: Wow! So same again,
2: the Portland. Yes, I t- I mean, exactly. So at six was Portland, Salt Lake City, San Diego, Honolulu, Seattle and San Francisco. Okay. You, yeah. All on the West. I was
1: going to say all West Coast. All West Coast. It, most, it seems yeah. like
2: we've got it figured out when all it comes right. to healthy living. I like
1: that. Well, in sports, it was a dominant performance throughout March Madness, and that's the way it finished. The University of Connecticut winning the NCAA Men's College Basketball Tournament last night in Houston, 76-59 to 59 over San Diego State. It is UConn's fifth national title. The Huskies became the fifth team since the bracket expanded in 1985 to win all six tournament games by double digits, averaging about a 20-point victory. That's amazing. That's that's a pretty dominant performance. For sure. No drama for them. They're the winners. Also of note, CBS announcer Jim Nance, who has been calling the tournament for 37 years Called his last game last night. Yeah, he's finally, he's stepping aside. He's still going to call the NFL games, and I think his favorite, professional golf. In fact, he will be this weekend at the
2: the Masters. Masters.
1: You know what his catchphrase is?
2: Uh, No.
1: Hello, friends.
2: (gasps) Hello, friends. Hello, friends. Well, hello, Jim. Well, starting on Palm Sunday, the church likes to slow down and follow in the footsteps of Jesus as he prepares his disciples for his passion, death and resurrection. While most of the stories found in the gospel accounts have no particular date or time reference, those that occurred during this week, relatively easy to find. So on Tuesday, which would be today of Holy Week, only two days before Jesus' portrayal on Holy Thursday, the Bible explains Jesus' activity in and around Jerusalem. Mm. So we're going to spend today talking about some of the things Jesus did on Tuesday of Holy Week. Okay. So first, it was the lesson of the fig tree. So Jesus walks from Jerusalem, from, I should say, to Jerusalem from Bethany. That's about a six mile hike, actually, and notices a withered fig tree. And he says this, Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went over to it, but found nothing on it except leaves. And he said to it, May no fruit ever come from you again. And immediately the fig tree withered. When the disciples saw this, they were amazed and said, How was it that the fig tree withered immediately? Jesus said to them in reply, Amen. I say to you, if you have faith and do not waver, not only will you do what has been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, it will be done. Whatever you ask for in prayer with faith, you will receive. Mm. All right. So that started out his day. We'll have more about what Jesus did on Tuesday of Holy Week throughout our show today.
0: It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community.
2: Maybe you want to get a little planting done this week if you don't mind the rain and preparations for Easter. Well, now to April 27th is an online plant sale to benefit Holy Cross Catholic School through the Peninsula Optimist Club. Holy Cross School gets a cash donation for every plant purchased when you note Holy Cross School in your order form notes. Now, remember, you can find details on these and other events. Go to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary Media app. Well,
1: we're going to talk about a new book about, you you said to me.
2: Blessed Carlo Acutis, The Saint in Running Shoes. All right. We're
4: looking forward to that right after the forecast.
9: Please join me, Sister Christoph von Borstel, in this prayer to Saint Sebastian. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Glorious Sebastian, martyr and saint, I call on your strength and courage to help me through this difficult trial. Your faith was so deep, a multitude of arrows could not finish you. The piercing wounds inflicted for your faith only proved to strengthen your belief. May you intercede for those who are weakened from the effects of disease. I ask for your intercession, that I may also survive that which threatens to destroy my beliefs in the mercy of Christ. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: For more prayer resources, please visit our website at materdayradio.com or check the prayer section on the new Hail Mary Media app. Support from Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including True North Retirement Advisors, a clear path to financial freedom. With decades of experience, True North Retirement Advisors helps business owners exit their business and retire with financial security. Information on how to get started with the business exit strategy plan and scheduling a no-cost consultation is available online at truenorthretirementadvisors.com. This is Archbishop
0: Alexander Sample of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, inviting you to join me for The Voice of the Shepherd. I always look forward to our time together to discuss issues that matter most to our families and to the Church.
10: Catch The Voice of the Shepherd with Portland Archbishop Alexander Sample and me, Dina Marie, your host, each Tuesday night at 7.30, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, and Sunday morning at 7.30 on Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.
1: And it is 743 at Mater Dei Radio. we well, got about a 50% chance of rain, maybe a snow mix this morning, high of 49 degrees. 20% chance of showers overnight tonight, low of 36. And then for Wednesday, 40% chance of rain, a high of 51.
2: Currently, it is 36 degrees at St. Anthony's Catholic Church in Forest Grove.
1: And 35 degrees at Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Cottage Grove.
2: Well, he is set to become the first millennial saint. And when Carlo Acutis became Blessed Carlo Acutis on October 10th, 2020, well, it was unlike any other beatification in history. Well, he didn't have a smartphone, but he did grow up with the internet and enjoyed watching TV, playing video games, and his love of the Eucharist is what led his path to sainthood. And in her new book for young readers, Blessed Carlo Acutis: The Amazing Discovery of a Teenager in Heaven, Author Sabrina Arena Farisi dives into his amazing and very short life. Sabrina's been working in the field of Catholic journalism for 17 years and writes freelance for the National Catholic Register, Nalatea. She's joining me today to tell us more about this incredible young man. Good morning, Sabrina. Thank you so much for joining the Morning Blend today. Good morning, Brenda. Good to be here. Well, as I said in the introduction, and you point this out in your book, his beatification was unlike
10: any other. Kind of tell our listeners why that is. Well, it's the first time that um, someone has been beatified who is a millennial, and also uh, the first time that someone was beatified who was a computer programmer. So this is a saint that teenagers can really relate to. He lived in our times. He had a laptop computer. Um, He probably had a flip phone. I don't think he had a smartphone because he passed away in 2006. And I was living in Italy at the time. They didn't have smartphones, but we had flip phones. But, you know, he had all the modern technology that we all have. And he used it to evangelize. He really, um, he lived his Catholic faith in the modern world in a way that, you know, everyone can relate to. Oh,
2: absolutely. And he's so relatable too for our young people because, well, I think he experienced a lot of the same things that the internet can draw you into as a young person. And boy, he really came out on top with his website on the Eucharist. Well, Sabrina, as we begin to see the process of more modern saints, and we're even seeing this with our popes these days, we have a history of their lives in photographs. We can really trace out all that they were and who they were. And you have managed to find so many for this book. How did you get all of these to come together to put this book together?
10: Well, this is what's so wonderful about Carlo Acutis is that since he lived in our times um, and his family is very much still alive, his mother and father live in Milan with their twins, Um, the family has been so gracious and they have shared Really, I, I believe hundreds of photographs of Carlo, and you can find them all on the official website, which is curated by the family. So it's just wonderful. You can see pictures of him with his dogs, pictures of him, you know, with his uh, high school soccer team, pictures of him with his family, pictures of him dressed up as Spider Man. Um, so it's it's really wonderful. You know, all these saints from the past, we don't really know what they look like, but with Carlo. Not only do we have pictures, we also have videos of him. Um, So we we very much know what he looks like. And and it's just such a gift. It is
2: a new book out by holy heroes. It is Blessed Carlo Acutis, the amazing discovery of a teenager in heaven. The author, Sabrina Arena Pharisee, joining me today. Well, you talk about the way that he put this database together. Of course, he used the tools that were available to him of his time. He was a young man of our generation. Uh, He had use of the Internet. And he created a database of Eucharistic miracles. What miracles astounded him so much that he created this website in the first place?
10: So I believe that the first eucharistic miracle that really caught his attention was the miracle of lanciano and um but i have to say that you know living in italy there are many eucharistic miracles i you know before i looked at this website i thought there were only like two or three eucharistic miracles that had happened in the history of the world but it turns out there are many i mean i the you the the website that carlo created catalogs 163 stories of Eucharistic miracles around the world. And he worked on this website for four years. So where possible, Carlo went with his parents, mostly in Europe and took pictures of the Eucharistic miracle itself. Um, These would be Eucharistic hosts that had turned into flesh or um, the wine had turned into Eucharistic blood. So Carlo took pictures And in the places where he couldn't travel, he contacted them and they sent him pictures. So, you know, uh, Eucharistic miracles in Argentina, in Poland, um, in uh, Latin America. So really, this was the big work of Carlo is this website, which any of your listeners can go to. If you Google Carlo Acutis Eucharistic miracles, it'll get you there. So this website is translated into 17 languages. You click on English and you could spend hours just reading through these amazing miracles. You just click on, there's also a list of countries in the world. You click on the country and it'll tell you the story, the date, all the information. And there's usually, there's a picture. So it's it's really an amazing job for someone who passed away when he was 15. He just did an incredible job.
2: Well, he is a teenager in heaven. He is on his way to full canonization. Sabrina, in your book, you step readers through the entire canonization process. Kind of remind our listeners what those are and where is Carlo in this whole process?
10: So Carlo was beatified. And in order to be um, considered eligible for beatification, there has to be a miracle which is attributed to the intercession of this saint. And, um... So Carlo, I I interviewed Carlo's mother, Antonia, and she told me that there have been hundreds of miracles associated with Carlo, uh, many graces. And she said, you know, so the one that was chosen to be the miracle that would bring him to beatification was of a little boy in Brazil whose name is, I believe, Marcelo. And this little boy uh, was born with a deformity of his pancreas. And it was so bad that he couldn't really eat solid foods. And every day he was vomiting and it was just terrible. He was going to doctors. There wasn't much they could do. And so his uh, pastor of his church in Brazil had developed this devotion to Carlo Acutis. And he had requested the family to send him a relic. So he had a relic and he decided to have a novena in the parish. So um, every day for nine days, parishioners could come to the church and go up to the altar and there was a prayer said, and you could touch the relic and say, your, you know, ask for your intention. So this little boy, Marcelo was going up with his parents. I believe they were carrying him because he was pretty weak. And they said, what do you request? And he said, I want to stop vomiting. Poor thing. Hmm. And immediately, I believe um, the second or third day after the novena started, he came home and he started feeling better. So he asked his mom, can I eat something solid? And the family was like, are you sure? And he said, no, I I really do. And so I'm not sure what they gave him, but it was, it wasn't a soup or anything. It was solid. And he felt fine. Nothing happened. Same thing happens the day after. And by, you know, by the third or fourth day, the parents were like, we're bringing him to the doctor. They did a scan and the pancreas was perfectly formed. Wow. Um, It was what a normal pancreas should look like. And the doctor's you know, said, this is impossible. So that is where we're at. We're waiting for the uh, second miracle. So you need two miracles to make it to canonization. And, you know, we're waiting to see which one is picked according to what Antonio told me there, there just have, she said, there have been hundreds, also many grace the favors, for example, um, people who have come back to the faith. Mm-hmm. Um, she told me of a woman that had been in a fight with someone in her family for years and she decided to make peace. Um, she went to the funeral of Carlo and she she had the grace to really make peace with her family members. They made peace. Um, but then there have been other miracles. She said two people at his funeral, one of them had um, not been able to conceive a baby for years. And that week she conceived and was able to have a baby. And another woman had cancer. And at the funeral, she prayed to Carlo. And uh, the week after, she discovered that all her tumors were gone. So... Uh, He's a very miraculous person, and I suggest that all your listeners pray to him because he's listening.
2: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And of course, we know with this Eucharistic revival that has begun here in the United States, began on the Feast of Corpus Christi, we know that Blessed Carlo Acutis is one of the patron saints for the revival of the belief and true presence of Christ in the Eucharist for all of us here in the United States. So it's a wonderful way to introduce your young reader to this amazing saint, Sabrina Arena Ferris is the author. Sabrina, where
10: can listeners find a copy of a book for themselves? Yeah. Well, um, right now you can only find it on our website of Holy Heroes. So that's www.holyheroes.com. And I believe it's on the first page. You just because it's a new book and you just click on it and you can order it through there. Oh, well,
2: wonderful. I went straight to Holy Heroes, and you're
10: absolutely right. It's right
2: there on the front page. Well, Sabrina, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for putting this time together. You're a busy mom with five children, and yet, well, these important things go to the top of the list, and it's a wonderful book. I encourage all of our listeners to definitely check it out. Thank you for your time today. Thank you, Brenda. It's been a pleasure. And again, that is Sabrina Arena Pharisee. The name of the book, Blessed Carlo Acutis, The Amazing Discovery of a Teenager in Heaven. It is out by Holy Heroes. And I'll be sure to add a link to where you can get right to Holy Heroes and find a copy of the book for yourself. I'll also include a link to where you can get to this wonderful database that Blessed Carlo Acute has created. You're going to find those links on the podcast of this interview on our webpage at materdayradio.com. And of course, access it through the Hail Mary media app.
1: And it is 754 at Motter Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the morning blend this Tuesday morning. We are just about a week and a half away from the start of our 2023 spring charathon. It's coming right up. Theme this time around: seek the truth. So we hope you will join us again. That's April 17th through the 21st. A wonderful opportunity to support. Catholic Radio. Go to our website, all the information at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary
4: media app. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722.
11: Bringing
0: souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBVM Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME, Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator, K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com.
12: Are you searching for stories of how God is transforming lives in profound and creative ways? Do you want to be inspired to join the mission of evangelization? I'm Miriam Marston, host of Blazing the Trail, and each week through interviews, scripture, and song, we explore what it looks like to share the gospel with courage and hope. Please join me on Wednesdays and Sundays at 7.30 p.m. right here on Matto Day Radio or anytime on materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app.
0: The Morning Blend. It's a Cup of Joy with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio.
1: 7.57 at Mater Day Radio. Four astronauts are announced for the NASA moon mission. We'll have that for you in the news.
2: And new babies at the Oregon Zoo are hatched with hopes to save a species. I'll have that story for you coming up right after Awaken
13: the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic and this is Awaken the Saint. While the incredible virtue of the saints shouldn't be understated, sometimes it can feel like many of them had a bit of a leg up when it comes to holiness. That holds especially true of today's saint, Isidore of Seville, who had pretty much everything going for him from the start. Isidore was born around the middle of the 6th century in Spain and had a very holy family. Not only that, but three of his siblings would become saints with him. These were his older and younger brothers. Leander and Fulgentius and his sister Florentina. His older brother Fulgentius, who became Bishop of Seville, also played a large part in Isidore's education, and he was a very strict teacher. This difficult schooling proved incredibly effective though, and as he grew older, Isidore came to be regarded as one of the most knowledgeable persons of his time. In addition to being an educator, Isidore's elder brother, Leander, was also a great evangelist, and spent a large part of his life converting the Visigoths from Arianism to Catholicism. Isidore followed in his brother's footsteps. When Leander died, he succeeded him as bishop and took up his mission of conversion. Being taught by his strict elder brother didn't leave Isidore with a distaste for school. On the contrary, he was possibly the most passionate teacher in all of Spain, and believed unflinchingly in the importance of education. Many looked to him for guidance during the 4th Council of Toledo in 633, where he proposed sweeping educational reform. This would include the addition of a Catholic school in every diocese and a broadening of subjects such as medicine, law, and languages. Isidore contributed to education in other ways, too. He was a prolific writer across an array of different topics. His works included a dictionary of synonyms, histories of various people including the Goths and Vandals, essays on astronomy and geography, and his crowning achievement, the etymology or etymologies. This was a huge collection of the knowledge of the time and was treated as an all-purpose encyclopedia for hundreds of years. After serving as a bishop for 37 years, Isidore felt that his life was drawing to a close. He went to the church and prayed earnestly for forgiveness in the presence of two other bishops. He then gave away his remaining possessions to the poor and retired to his home where he died peacefully. He was pronounced a doctor of the church in 1722. In many ways, our lives are defined by how we're brought up. St. Isidore had three very holy siblings and a shining example of an elder brother. It almost seemed like it was impossible for him to avoid being a saint. But that doesn't mean that the rest of us are doomed to be terrible people. We might not be able to control our upbringing, but we still have plenty of choice. We can choose to spend time with good people, to spend time in prayer, and to spend time learning more about our faith. St. Isidore of Seville, pray for us.
5: Thank you for tuning in to Awaken the Saint.
1: And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or for Holy Week resources, please download our free Hail Mary media app. Details at matradayradio.com. It's 8 o'clock.
2: And in your news, each year, the Holy Father asks for our prayers for a specific intention each month, and you are invited to answer the Holy Father's request to join with many people worldwide in praying for this intention. In April, we pray for a culture of peace and nonviolence. It says we pray for the spread of peace and nonviolence by decreasing the use of weapons by states and citizens. The Pope released a video accompanying his prayer intention for April, produced by the Pope's Worldwide Prayer Network. He recalled that war is madness, which is beyond reason. Any war, any armed confrontation always ends in defeat for all, he recalls. Now, a press release accompanying the video recalled the many people who have promoted the cause of peace and nonviolence, including Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther King Jr., and St. Teresa of Calcutta. And the pastor of a Catholic church in Syracuse, Nebraska, was shocked when he discovered Saturday morning that the altar had been tipped over, a statue desecrated, and several other objects damaged. Father Ryan Salisbury, pastor of St. Paulinus Catholic Church, told CNA that it happened in our Lord's own holy week. His own journey was marked by injustice, by brokenness, and by damage done to his body, and that was allowed to happen here in Syracuse in some way. Now, a Sacred Heart of Jesus statue was broken beyond repairing candlesticks were damaged, as well as the altar stone. The damage amounted to about $5,000, he said. The tabernacle and Eucharist remained untouched, and police are currently investigating the crime, which was not captured on video.
1: Well, NASA on Monday introduced the four-member team chosen to fly on what would be the first crewed voyage, around the moon in more than 50 years. It's pretty cool. The group includes the first woman and the first African-American ever assigned as astronauts to a lunar mission, Christina Cook, an engineer who already holds the record for the longest continuous spaceflight by a woman, was named as a mission specialist for the Artemis II lunar flyby, expected early next year. She will be joined by Victor Glover, a U.S. Navy aviator and veteran of four spacewalks who NASA has designated as pilot of Artemis II. He will be the first black astronaut ever to be sent on a lunar mission. Rounding out, the four-member crew are Jeremy Hansen, a Royal Canadian Air Force Colonel and first Canadian ever chosen for a flight to the moon as a mission specialist, and Reed Wiseman, another former U.S. Navy fighter pilot named as Artemis II mission commander not that exciting
2: that is 50 years since we've been to the moon yeah. David you are excited I, I can tell I think
1: that's awesome again they're not this is kind of setting the stage if they're gonna put another person on the moon this okay. is just a kind of a flyby around the moon but still pretty neat so what was neat too about this last night all four of the astronauts were introduced At the fine or at the championship NCAA tournament game. Because it's in Houston.
2: That is perfect. Yeah,
1: so that was pretty fun. And the national anthem was sung by a former astronaut.
2: Wow. Yeah. They got it going on there at NASA. Awesome,
1: yeah.
2: Well, last week the first two California Condor chicks of 2023 hatched at the Oregon Zoo, marking progress for the species that has been listed as endangered since 1967. Now, the eggs were first produced by condors number 492 and 432 in late January, when senior condor keeper Kelly Walker said she was anticipating another successful season for the birds. Now, according to Walker, the condor couple had already raised two chicks in three years, now, Oregon Zoo's newest additions are helping to recover a species that's been on the decline for decades. The zoo reported that the California condor was one of the first groups included in the federal government's 1973 Endangered Species Act, which set out to conserve and protect threatened species. The zoo says that a mere 22 California condors were found in the wild in 1982, and And five years later, the last of the declining group was taken into human care to prevent total extinction. Now, since then, the condor population has increased to about 500 birds worldwide. And along with Oregon Zoo's facilities in Santa Barbara, Los Angeles, San Diego, and Mexico have joined the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service California Condor Recovery Program. This program is why hundreds of California condors have already been reintroduced into the wild. And one day, well, Oregon Zoo's newest chick will join that growing population. Wow. Isn't that incredible? Wonderful. I mean, they were really, that was it. Yeah. They were on the brink with just 22. And now uh, I think there's over 500 free yeah. flying. They're actually found too. They are breeding in the wild also, That's not great. just in captivity.
1: I, you know, I haven't been to the Oregon Zoo in a while. Can you view the condors? Yes, you
2: can. Oh, wow. Yeah, you can see them. They're, they're really yeah. large uh, and uh, you can't, can't miss them.
1: Well, it's pretty interesting. When it comes to fake news about the 2020 election, users of Facebook were most likely to be reading it than users of any other social media platform. That's the finding of a recent study out of Washington State University. The study relied on three online surveys, two before the presidential election between incumbent Donald Trump and challenger Joe Biden, and one after the election of actual voters. Now, the study indicates that fake news consumption and political persuasion were the primary forces driving doubt in the integrity of the vote counting process. The key takeaway from the study was that people are best served finding accurate information by taking the time to go directly to news sources instead of allowing social media to inform you. You talked about this with your feed.
2: Oh, absolutely. I see things that come across my news feed from different friends, and some of it is just so outrageous. I went, "Mm, that doesn't seem right. So you go look up from a reliable news source, and you find out that So much is untrue. Little memes, little post-its, things, you know, that just like, oh, you know, I can't believe this is happening. Right. Don't believe it because it didn't. It
1: It didn't happen.
2: Always, always uh, double check your sources if you're going to post anything or if you're going to share it. And if you share it, you're going to take responsibility in passing on false information. Right. You can't just say, oh, well, I'm just passing on what they said. No. If you pass it on, you take responsibility for it, too. That's a great point. Well, lawmakers are considering banning styrofoam-to-go containers in Oregon as well as so-called forever chemicals known as PFAs. Now, on Monday, the bill sailed through the Senate with bipartisan support. KGW spoke with some customers outside of food carts who said, well, that, that effort feels like a positive move for Oregon. Now, another bill, SB 545, is trying to stop doggy bags letting customers bring their own containers now this bill would direct the oregon health authority to adopt rules giving diners the options of using their own containers to fill with fresh food to go or to bring home their leftovers it also passed the senate with bipartisan support so all right sounds pretty good to me mm-hmm.
1: in sports just four games to go in the regular season for the portland trailblazers One of those tonight as Portland faces the Grizzlies in Memphis, tip-off at 5 o'clock. Blazers coming off a surprise road win over Minnesota on Sunday. Following tonight's contest, Portland plays at San Antonio and the L.A. Clippers before closing the season at home against Golden State on Easter Sunday. University of Portland baseball team is at the University of Oregon this evening at 5 o'clock. Pilots drop two of three at St. Mary's over the weekend. That's just their first two losses in West Coast Conference play Ducks riding a 9 game winning streak.
2: Well, David, we've heard the saying, what would Jesus do? Right. Well, today we're talking about what did Jesus do mm-hmm. on the Tuesday of Holy Week after he entered into the city after Palm Sunday. Well, we began the, the this morning we talked about the lesson at the fig tree. Jesus took a little hike from Bethany to Jerusalem, which is about a 6-mile trek. Well, after he came across the fig tree, here's what he did. Shortly after entering the city of Jerusalem, he goes to the temple. There, the Pharisees and the Sadducees try to trip him up, asking him about his authority. Here's what the Bible tells us. When he had come into the temple area, the chief priests and the elders of the people approached him, and as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things, and who gave you this authority? Well, Jesus said to them in reply, I shall ask you one question, and if you answer it for me, then I shall tell you by what authority I do these things. Where was John's baptism from? Was it of heavenly or human origin? Well, they discussed this among themselves and said, if we say of heavenly origin, he will say to us, then why did you not believe him? And if we say of human origin, we fear the crowd, for they will all regard John as a prophet. So they said to Jesus in reply, we don't know. Well, he said to himself then, neither shall I tell you by what authority I do these things. Hmm. So you don't give me an answer? Right. I'm not going to give you one either.
0: It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community.
2: Well, Good Friday is a wonderful place to spend at the Grotto. In fact, Friday at 1 o'clock will be the seven last words of Christ. This is a time of reflection and prayer. It will be followed by the Stations of the Cross. Remember, you can find more details on these and other events. Just head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary media app.
1: And we have a homily highlight coming up from Deacon Justin Echeverria at Christ the King Parish. It's coming up after the forecast.
4: Support for Monterey Radio comes from our leadership circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsborough online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665
11: this is brother louis marie de montfort please join me in the morning offering in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit oh jesus with the Immaculate heart to mary I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day, in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, the salvation of souls, and in reparation for sins committed against the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Hearts of Mary. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: Support for Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including University of Portland dedicated to excellence and innovation in the classroom. Ranked as one of the top colleges in the West by U.S. News and World Report, the University of Portland is home to robust undergraduate and graduate programs in its colleges of arts and sciences and its schools of business,
6: education, engineering, and nursing. Learn more at up.edu. Easter is coming. Let Matre Radio walk with you through this Holy Week as we prepare our hearts through the passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We'll fill the end of Lent and the Triduum with special programming to help you go deeper into this Holy season, including the Easter Vigil Mass from the Vatican. In addition, Mater De Radio's dedicated team of prayer warriors will be enthusiastically interceding for your personal intentions during this Holy Week reach out to them now at 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737, or submit your particular request to the prayer page at matradayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Prepare your heart for Easter with deep spiritual reflection and prayer. Make your journey through this Holy Week with Matraday Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. 8.14,
1: Mater Day Radio, 30% chance of showers today, high of 49 degrees. It decreases to 20% overnight tonight, low of 36, and then a 40% chance of rain on Wednesday with a high of 51.
2: Currently, it is 38 degrees at St. Rose Catholic Church up in Longview.
1: And it is 36 degrees at St. Paul Church in St. Paul.
0: a recap of Sunday's readings? It's time for homily highlights on Mater Day Radio.
2: And today's homily highlight coming at you from Deacon Justin Echeverria. He is the Deacon at Christ the King Catholic Church in Milwaukee.
5: In a recent interview with Jordan Peterson, the subject subject came up of Dr. Peterson's belief that all men should be dangerous He says this, you need to have the capacity for danger. You need to be dangerous. But you need to learn how to not use it, except when it's necessary. And that is not the same thing as being harmless. Harmless is a terrible virtue. It just means you're ineffectual. If you learn a martial art, you learn to be dangerous, but you learn how to control it. And that combination is what brings about the virtue. We were at the point of Lent where our Lord enters into Jerusalem. And this is not, oh, look at the simple, kind, gentle, nice Jesus on a donkey who wants everyone to get along. Oh, they were so cruel in, in killing him. That's not Jesus. Jesus Christ on a mule is not simply being humble and gentle. He knows what he's doing. He's claiming his right as king and he's marching to war. Like Aslan in the Chronicles of Narnia, Jesus Christ, the lion of the tribe of Judah, is a dangerous man. He's not a tame lion, but he is good. He is dangerous to the enemy. And who is the enemy? The Pharisees? No. The Roman Empire? No. Satan, sin, and all the powers of darkness. And they fear his name. His name in Hebrew, Yeshua Melech HaMashiach, Jesus, the anointed king. Over a thousand years before our Lord came into Jerusalem, his ancestor, the anointed King David, marched into and captured Jerusalem, making it the capital of a united Hebrew kingdom the kingdom of Israel and Judah, an enslaved people united under a Hebrew king. And his son, the wise King Solomon, also rode on a mule when he became anointed king at the end of David's reign. At the time of our Lord's entry, like all of us coming to the church today, the Jews were flocking from all over to come to Jerusalem. They were coming from Judea, but they were also coming from the Greek-speaking world. These were Hellenistic Jews who were spread out after the collapse of David and Solomon's kingdom. Pope Benedict XVI believes that this crowd who enter with Jesus is not the same crowd who will demand his enthronement on the cross five days later. They were probably people like us, different walks of life, different contexts, each having a different relationship with the Lord. We are marching with Jesus into Jerusalem after 40 days of Lent, 40 days in the desert. And how was that Lent for each and every one of us? Was it good? Was every day grace-filled, wonderful, Okay. Was it so-so, some days good, some days bad? Was it completely dry, where we felt like we were in the desert the entire time, with no spring of water, nothing to refresh us? All right, some of us might be there. But wherever we are, in front, next to, or behind him, Everyone today is called to say, Hosanna. And what does Hosanna mean? It's not just a nice little word. In the Jewish context, Hosanna is a hopeful cry of praise and expectation of the Messiah, the Mashiach, and the restoration of Israel. And when Monsignor elevates the body and blood of Christ at each Mass, which he will do very soon, We say in a hopeful, messianic praise, in the depths of our hearts, my Lord and my God. And when we say this, we're really saying three things. We're recognizing the real presence, body, blood, soul, and divinity of the Eucharist, not a symbol. We recognize his authority over life and death. And we also recognize my Lord, my God, the personal Messiah, the personal God who wants to be with every single one of us. He's looking around for each of us on his steed. He's beckoning all of us to march into war with him to save all of us. And today, we welcome our God-King with palm branches. What is the meaning of the palm branches that we hold in our hands? It's not a nice little trinket, it's for our keepsake. It's a banner to victory. It's a victory that we take with us as we march into Jerusalem. And this victory has a name. The name in the Greek of Saint Paul Kurios, Jesus Christos. Jesus Christ is Lord. Let us march with him into his victory. Amen.
2: And that is today's homily highlight from Deacon Justin Echeverria, the transitional deacon at Christ the King Church in Milwaukee. Now, Deacon Justin is a transitional deacon. That means that with our prayers and hopes and God willing, he will be ordained a priest in the Archdiocese of Portland. very soon. In fact, you can find more information about what's going on in the Archdiocese, their events and happenings also around the community by going to our community calendar. It's a great place to find all kinds of things that are happening, especially right here in our area this week, of course, being a Holy Week, so much happening with parishes offering um, stations of the cross the grotto is a wonderful area this time of year dress warmly bring your umbrella but boy we can suffer a little bit of rain for our lord you can find the whole list of events that are happening it's under the get involved menu at com. you can also access our community calendar by downloading the free hail mary media app and in that app you also have access to an integrated map system Plug it into your car GPS system. It'll get to right where you need to be. It is our community calendar. Find out more information on getting your event listed at MatardayRadio.com.
4: Support for Matarday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist.
9: My name is Ed Longhua. As a reporter for the Catholic Sentinel for 30 years, I wrote about Catholic Charities of Oregon often. Now, as Communications Director for Catholic Charities, I see the inside scoop. And let me tell you, I admire Catholic Charities even more. Our staff walk neighborhoods to assist homeless people. We build affordable housing and coach people on managing finances. We offer mental health counseling across cultures, and there's a lot more. Believe me, the streets of Oregon are safer, cleaner, and kinder because of Catholic Charities, your church social services arm. And so, I want to invite you to our Celebration of Hope. Set for Friday, April 21st at the Portland Art Museum, it will be an evening of joy, great food, and stories about how, with your help, Catholic Charities helps people move forward in hope. For details, including how to join online, go to CatholicCharitiesOregon.org and scroll down to events, that's CatholicCharitiesOregon.org or call 503-688-2564, that's 503-688-2564.
13: Are you a young
10: adult in your 20s or 30s? Are you looking to bring Christ into your everyday work? Hi, I'm Jesse Jose, the president of the Portland Chapter of Young Catholic Professionals. Our mission is to challenge, train, and inspire young adults to work in Witness for Christ. No matter your career field or level of experience, we invite you to join us at an upcoming event to build community, learn from seasoned professionals, and grow in your Catholic faith. For more information, visit ycpportland.org.
0: Lattes and cappuccinos may be tasty, but it's the morning blend with David and Brenda that will get your day started right on Mater Dei Radio.
1: It is 826 at Mater Dei Radio and a big day for backpackers. We'll tell you why in the news.
2: And religious leaders in the Holy Land have requested enhanced security. Three world religions descend in Jerusalem for feast days in April. I'll have that story for you, plus more coming up in news. Here is Brother Isaiah and Firelight. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
14: The heart can be a wilderness. The heart can be a wilderness. But there's a fire in this wilderness. And it burns brighter than the deepest darkness Wilderness in the quiet of my heart amidst the darkness, you come in stillness when I am helpless and show me the love of a lover who loves me in my brokenness. Just a poor child, but I'm a father's son, and in my weakness, I'm still your chosen one. Yeah, yeah, such a mystery, but it's my destiny. Cause I was made for glory, I was made for freedom, called to be light and to live in a kingdom. I was made for glory. I was made for freedom, called to be light and to live in a kingdom, I was made for glory, I was made for freedom, called to be light and to live in a kingdom, I was made for glory, I was made for freedom, called to be light and to live in a kingdom, yeah. I'm bright like a diamond, illumine my mind as you quietly remind me that all will be fine when that last trumpet blows in the curtains they close. New heavens, new earth, like a bride to behold, will come and meet a king while the angels sing. All creation, join the chorus, let it ring, let it ring, sing. New sunshine, new daybreak, new world come. Our hearts remade, yeah, our hearts remade. I was made for glory I was made for, <struggled> for freedom called to be light and to live in a kingdom I was made for glory I was made for freedom called to be light and to live in a kingdom I was made for glory I was made for freedom called to be light and to live in a kingdom I was made for glory I was made for freedom called to be light and to live in a kingdom yeah. wilderness. But there's a fire in this wilderness, and it burns brighter than the deepest darkness.
1: That is Brother Isaiah and Firelight. It's 830 of Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
2: And in your news, Christian leaders of Jerusalem on March 31st issued a joint statement calling on governing authorities to enhance security at holy sites as Easter approaches. Now, some churches, funeral processions, and public gathering venues have become targets of attack, said the group of Catholic, Orthodox, and Protestant leaders. Now, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam all consider Jerusalem a holy city, and all three religions have major religious observances in the coming weeks. Many will crowd Jerusalem's Old City during this time. Easter falls on April 9th for Christians who follow the Gregorian calendar, while many Orthodox Christians will celebrate Easter the following Sunday. For Jews, Passover observances will last from sunset on April 5th, through April 13th, and Muslims began their observance of the holy month of a Ramadan on March 22nd.
1: Well, security will be on high alert today in the Big Apple as former President Donald Trump is expected to appear in a New York courthouse to face criminal charges handed down by a grand jury last week. The indictment is expected to be unsealed today as well, providing the public and the former president's legal team with the first details about the specific charges. A judge ruled yesterday that no television cameras will be allowed in the courtroom to broadcast the arraignment. Trump's legal team has said the former president will plead not guilty and challenge every potential issue once the indictment is unsealed. Trump, who has vowed to continue his 2024 presidential bid despite the charges, is slated to speak tonight from Florida.
2: Well, each year, the Holy Father asks for our prayers for a specific intention each month. You are invited to answer the Holy Father's request and to join with many people worldwide in praying for this intention each month. In April, we pray for a culture of peace and nonviolence. It says, we pray for the spread of peace and nonviolence by decreasing the use of weapons by states and citizens. And the Pope released a video accompanying his prayer intention for April, produced by the Pope's Worldwide Prayer Network. He recalled what war is a madness, which is beyond reason, he said. Any war, any armed confrontation always ends in defeat for all. A press release accompanying the video recalled the many people who have promoted the cause of peace and nonviolence, including Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther King Jr., and St. Teresa of Calcutta.
1: Well, if you're an avid backpacker or just want to get out into the wilderness for a day or two, here's a heads up for you today. Starting at 7 this morning, overnight wilderness permits went on sale for all overnight trips in the Mount Jefferson Mount Washington and three sisters wilderness areas from June 15th to October 15th this year as announced by the US Forest Service. Now of the overnight permits allotted for the year, 40% will be made available today while the remaining 60% will be available seven days in advance of the date requested. Now permit is technically free, but comes with a $6 processing fee. Day hikers also need permits between June 15th and October 15th, but won't be able to book them as far in advance. The permits are available on the web at recreation.gov. So I was reading a little bit more about this and they went to the permit system several years ago just because it got so busy. So many. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You don't want to go head out on a backpacking trip only to find that, you know, 300 of your closest friends are taking up the campsites. And I think,
1: too, Mm -hmm. to, to, you know, prevent over...
2: Yeah, trampling of of plants, scaring the animals away. Trash tends to always Mm -hmm. follow these types of larger groups, too. So, yeah, all right. I can appreciate that. Yep. Well, a new study from a wallet hub declared Portland the sixth healthiest city in America. Now, the personal finance website released its report Monday ranking 2023's healthiest and unhealthiest cities in America. Now, after comparing several factors that affect the health of a city's residents, Wallet Hub researchers found that Portland is doing a pretty decent job at promoting wellness and an active lifestyle. Now, in its study, Wallet Hub compared more than 180 of the most populated cities in the U.S. They were compared across four key dimensions that include healthcare food fitness and green space well as you can imagine portland ranked particularly high in the food and the green space dimensions so sixth place for portland here's who was above us yeah salt lake city utah okay san diego california Mm -hmm. my hometown honolulu hawaii seattle washington and san francisco california yeah
1: we mentioned this earlier all west coast all
2: west coast cities yeah yeah now looking at the list unfortunately it looks like the south is on the lower end of the city unhealthy Mm -hmm. uh i think the bottom three included cities in two in georgia and in mississippi
1: so you think about Portland, and you, you talked about the variables that they plugged into this to come up with it, food,
2: mm-hmm.
1: green spaces.
2: Exactly, health care and fitness.
1: healthcare and fitness. And yeah, you can see Portland checking off. In fact, the uh, food scene, we talked about this a while back, that Portland was like the top vegan city oh, in the country. Of course. Yeah, and so all these things kind of interconnect. So yeah, oh, that's perfect. Right. Fantastic. In sports, it was a dominant performance throughout March Madness, and that's the way it finished. University of Connecticut winning the NCAA Men's College Basketball Tournament last night in Houston, 76-59 over San Diego State. It is UConn's fifth national title. Huskies became the fifth team since the bracket expanded in 1985 to win all six tournament games by double digits on the way to the championship. So they won those six games by an average of an even 20 points. What? That's pretty dominant. Wow. Only a fraction less than what North Carolina did in sweeping to the title in 2009. Also of note, though, I want to point this out, CBS announcer... Jim Nance, who has been calling the tournament for 37 years,
2: incredible, called
1: his last game last night. He did. Yeah, he's he's hanging it up. He's stepping aside from the tournament. He'll continue to call NFL games because he's like their their top uh, football announcer. And, of course, professional golf, which I kind of think is his favorite thing he always looks forward to, which is this weekend. That's starts right. Thursday. The Masters from Augusta, Georgia. I love it. Yeah. Those
2: beautiful green lawns. Yes. <gasps>
1: And the blooming water. azaleas.
2: Oh, and the blooming azaleas. Yes, so mine aren't uh, blooming yet.
1: <laughs> no, nor are mine.
2: Well, starting on Palm Sunday, the church likes to slow down and follow in the footsteps of Jesus as he prepares his disciples for his passion, death, and resurrection. Now, while most of the stories found in the gospel accounts have no particular date or time reference, those that occurred during this week relatively easy to find. Now, on Tuesday during Holy Week, so that would be today, Tuesday of Holy Week, only two days before Jesus' betrayal on Holy Thursday, the Bible explains Jesus' activities in and around Jerusalem. So he made that trek early in the morning from Bethany into Jerusalem, which we said was about a six-mile hike. Mm -hmm. We talked about the lesson of the fig tree. Then the Pharisees and Sadducees were questioning his authority when he entered the temple. Well, finally... It's the parable of the Mount of Olives. Now, Jesus engages in their questions, but soon enough departs from Jerusalem near the evening to return to Bethany. Now, on his way back, he stops at the Mount of Olives and relates various parables about the end of time. And he concludes his parables by preaching his disciples for what would happen next. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, he said to his disciples, As you know, the Passover is in two days, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. Mm. And then he went back to Bethany. So that was his day on Holy Tuesday.
1: Mm.
0: Wow. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community.
2: Coming up on April 15th at 5 o'clock is the St. Agatha School Gala and Auction. A World of Pure Imagination is the theme that evening. Then one day later, April 16th, it is a Divine Mercy Holy Hour at Holy Rosary Church beginning at 3 o'clock. All are invited to this special Holy Hour at Holy Rosary with Eucharistic exposition, confession, and recitation of the Divine Mercy Chaplet. You can find more details on these and other events. Head over to that community calendar at motzardayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app.
1: Well, it is Tuesday. So you know what that means.
2: Oh, I certainly do.
1: It is Tech Tuesday. Sarah Kenzie going to join us. Tell us what's coming in your email this afternoon. That's right after the forecast.
15: Hey, folks, this is John Edwards, host of the Just a Guy on the Pew podcast, and I got a question for you. How's your Lent going so far? Is it any different than the days that came before Ash Wednesday? If not, then maybe it's time to slow down. Look, I know how crazy busy life can be. I'm a father of three with a wife that works full time who's also in grad school, and I run two ministries on top of trying to be the husband and father I'm called to be, the husband and father I want to be. I know how easy it is to give into the lie that our worth is found in our productivity and in how much we can get done in a 24-hour period. So many of us, including myself, have become slaves to a never-ending daily to-do list. That's exactly what it is, though. It's a lie. You see, the devil knows that God speaks to us in the present moment. When we're running nine to nothing, we miss that still, small voice that is calling out to us. We miss the opportunity to converse and commune with the one who loves us the most. And tragically, we ignore the invitation to rest. God commanded us to rest, yet it's the only commandment that we feel guilty about following. How crazy is that? My brothers and sisters, this has gotta change. God wants you to have a powerful Lent. He wants to speak with you about the things He knows in your heart are keeping you from entering into a deeper and more intimate relationship with Him. Your Father wants to set you free from the things of the world that are holding you bound. But the only way He can do that is if you agree to slow down and rest in Him. Start today, now, in this moment. I promise if you do, this Lent will be more than something else on your to-do list. We encourage you to schedule a specific time in your day for silence. Whatever you need
0: to do, wherever you need to go, to give space to listen for the Lord.
2: Holy Family Catholic Clinic is looking for a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner, psychologist, or licensed clinical social worker who is passionate about their mission of respecting the dignity of each person, mind, body, and spirit. If you or someone you know is looking to make a difference, please contact Holy Family Catholic Clinic by sending an email to info at holyfamilyclinic.com.
1: It is 844 at Mater Dei Radio. Look at your forecast this morning. You got a 30% chance of showers, a high of 49 degrees. Decreases to 20% chance of rain overnight tonight, low of 36. And then about a 40% chance of showers for Wednesday. Thursday maybe looks a little wetter. Okay. So uh, that's that's the way it goes.
2: And our Easter Sunday?
1: Easter Sunday right now looks, let me see here, a chance of showers high of 59. Okay. Yeah.
2: Maybe in between those showers, you might be able to get a little Easter egg hunt in there. I think so. Currently, it is 40 degrees at Our Lady of Lords Catholic School in Vancouver
1: and 37 degrees at St. Matthew's Church in Hillsborough.
2: Well, this first week of April is also Holy Week, and it is our first opportunity this month to talk with Sarah Kenzie, our digital media manager here at Mater Day Radio. Sarah joins us well, just about every Tuesday to let you know what is coming to your inbox today. Kind of the highlight reel of the week for Mater Day Radio. Good morning, Sarah. Thanks for joining us this morning. Good morning. Happy to be here. What's
12: well, your favorite
1: Easter candy?
2: Oh, I
12: love the uh, robin eggs with the malt and the chocolate. Ooh. Those are my favorite of all time. I will trade. All day, every day for those. <laughs> I like that. Yeah,
1: say those again. They the, are. The
12: malt robin eggs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they have like the outside like Little egg shell. Yeah. Um, crunchy candy. Then, yeah, but the inside is the chocolate. It's I, chocolate yeah. with the malt it's inside. L- it's
2: like a layer of chocolate and then the very center has the malt. Yeah, it's like it's like a yeah. Whopper, but with like the, yeah. the okay. shell.
1: And they're, oh, my they're always kind of like pastel colors. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like those. I had to jump in and ask you that.
2: Speckled. <laughs> speckled robin eggs too they kind of sometimes have a little speckling they do because brenda
1: threatened to bring in peeps and i said don't do that
2: have you seen that (laughs) latest trend of videos where there are people who are taking different kinds of candies and and freeze drying them
12: no and then
2: the candy gets real big and puffy and it's crunchy whatever the candy is no it gets big and crunchy never done
12: that i've stuck many peeps in the microwave to see what happens that's fun they get big and crunchy that way
2: That's another way all to right. enjoy your Easter candy. Well,
1: Sarah, thanks for joining us. That's all we had for you today. Oh, Appreciate great. It. Oh,
2: happy you. to be here. <laughs> a great segment. You know what? How can we not be joyful during this holy week while we do have to prepare for the Lord's passion and death? Well, we know resurrection is just coming again on Sunday. And Mater Day Radio has been, we've been working a lot over this Lenten season to really prepare people for this end of Lent, this little Easter Twitter, room, this mini season in our liturgical calendar. We have a great email coming out to you to kind of help you prepare in a special way. You pulled a great uh, interview with uh, Blazing the Trail, our fr- good friend, Miriam Marston, and her show you hear right here at Monterey Day Radio every Wednesday. Tell our listeners about it.
12: Yeah, so um, this is a Especially good. I mean, they're always good, but of this course. is a especially powerful um, episode of Blazing the Trail. And Miriam talks to Deacon Ed uh, Schoner, and he is a founding member of the Association of Catholic Mental Health Ministers. And um, while this isn't specific to Holy Week, um it does, you know, deal with some really serious topics having to do with mental health and and suicide. And you know, I I, I feel like for me, a lot of times Holy Week and especially Good Friday, Holy Saturday, you kind of I end up thinking about some of those heavy things in my own life and and kind of reconciling that with 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 what jesus did on the cross so while it's not specific to holy week i i do think it is timely though um and these are always things that we're you know we're grappling with in our own life and uh what i really love about this interview is um deacon ed and Miriam are both very open and very vulnerable about how um, this has impacted their own lives and their own families um and um through this association of Catholic mental health ministers, uh, they provide a lot of great resources. Uh, Deacon Ed talks about how to approach this from a Catholic perspective, which I really think is not talked about enough. Um, and also provide some very basic uh, resources for maybe people working in the church, working in schools. You know, they're not a trained Therapist or counselor, but these are some you know basic tools to get you started. Maybe later, you know, refer them to someone more qualified. But just some basic things to to equip those um, you know in kind of a ministry or or educational um, position uh, to be more prepared to handle these really um, serious things that we're we're all dealing with.
2: Well, it's wonderful to know, and I think when people relay their own personal experiences, it rec- you recognize that you're not alone. Mm -hmm. And so many people don't want to talk about these issues, and that makes it feel even more isolating. So please listen to Miriam's episode of Blazing the Trail with Deacon Ed Schoner and uh, listen and hear more about that and their resources. Well, we are in this final week of Lent. It is Holy Week, and Sarah, the Hail Mary media app is ready to help everybody really kind of get to these days that we have been working towards. All Lent, the Easter Triduum is upon us. For our listeners who have not downloaded the Hail Mary media app, they need to do it today because you've got some great things ready for people to use.
12: That's right. Um, I know for me during Holy Week, I really try to, as you said earlier, the church tries to slow down. I try to, you know, kind of change what I'm listening to, what I'm, what I'm taking in during this week. And so uh, the nice thing about the Hail Mary Media app is we have everything all in one place for you. Um, we have our Lent section which continues, um, and we will update it uh, to be an Easter section uh, next week. But, um, but that has some great resources. It has all these fantastic interviews that you both have done through the morning morning. morning blend Um, several different episodes from across all of our shows are gathered in one place Uh, there's beautiful sacred music from the glory of the mass Um, and so it's all right there so you can kind of enter a little more deeply into this week Um, i'd really encourage people to check out the return Uh, episode with Father John Burns for this week. Even if you haven't listened to this at all, all Lent, the Holy Week episode is fantastic. Mm. really just helps you frame this week in terms of Christ the Bridegroom laying down his life uh, for his bride, for the church, for all of us. Um, And so even if you haven't listened, go to that section right now and and check that out.
1: You know, it's interesting too, right after Easter, the next Sunday is Divine Mercy Sunday, Yes, and you have a a novena that's going to be starting.
12: That's right. Um, So this Friday uh, begins the um, Divine Mercy Novena, which is right there on the app. You can sign up for daily reminders in the prayer notification section. Um, So start that with us on Good Friday. We'll pray that through the Triduum and into next week and all the way through Divine Mercy Sunday.
2: Well, it is fantastic. Well, Sarah, you know, I never realized that an app was not something that you just did one time and then you used it. You work at it every single day for Monterey Radio, and we just really appreciate all that you've done and getting that app ready for all of us to have a truly holy Lenten and Holy Week. Thank you so much for joining us today.
12: Thank you both. Have a blessed Holy Week.
2: Now, if you are not getting those emails, you should be. Go to Mater Dei Radio and sign up there. And if you don't have the Hail Mary Media app, well, you need to join the more than 2,000 people who have already downloaded the app. Go to your favorite app store, type in Hail Mary Media. You'll see that beautiful blue image of Mater Dei Radio and Our Lady. Download it today. It is absolutely free.
1: Greetings and blessings to all of you listening to Mater Dei Radio.
6: Join me, Father Gabriel Mosier, and other listeners of Mater Dei Radio as we pray the Memorare. Remember, O Most Gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to Thy protection, implored Thy help, or sought Thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence... I fly
1: unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy,
6: hear and answer me. Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit maturadayradio.com.
2: Matri-Day Radio is supported by our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services. Operated by the Archdiocese of Portland, services include the recently completed Gethsemane Funeral Home located on the grounds of Gethsemane Cemetery in Happy Valley. The new funeral home provides burial services to the Catholic community, regardless of cemetery choice. For more information, visit ccpdxor.com.
9: I am Father Cedric Bezenya. I'm a passionist, religious, and a Catholic priest and the host of Live with Passion. My motto is touching lives and saving souls. I hope you will tune in each week on Modern Day Radio, Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. It's designed to inspire and encourage you. It's real practical. Talk about real life issues, things that people are going through. I'm so grateful that you're listening to Modern Day Radio. Don't just live, live with passion.
0: The Morning Blend, brewed in the Pacific Northwest, guaranteed fresh every day on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary.
1: Eight fifty-five at Mater Day Radio. One last look at your forecast. Well, probably still a good idea to bring a raincoat with you today. Thirty percent chance of showers. High of forty-nine degrees. Twenty percent chance of rain overnight tonight. Low of thirty-six, and then about a forty percent chance of rain for Wednesday with a high of fifty-one. It is currently 39 degrees in the Rose City.
2: And closing out our show today, here is Father Kevin McGoldrick. Oh, God, you are my God. and We are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Oh,
16: God, you are my God. For you I long. For you, my soul is thirsting, is thirsting, is thirsting got you out my God for you I long for you my soul is thirsting is thirsting is thirsting
17: like a dry air weary let my soul at thirst for you
16: soul at thirst for you like a dry For You I long, for You my soul is thirsting, is thirsting, is thirsting. God, You are my God. For You I long, for You my soul is thirsting, is thirsting.
17: I'll find you in the sanctuary, Lord The sanctuary, Lord
16: are my God. For You I For You my soul is thirsting, is thirsting, is thirsting. God, You are my God. For You alone, For You my soul is thirsting, is thirsting, is thirsting. <laughs> Thirsting is thirsty. Who oh got you are my God? For you I long For you my soul. Thirsting is thirsting is thirsty. Who oh got you are my God? For you are long For you my soul. It's thirsting is thirsting is thirsty. Who oh got you are my God? For you I long. For you, my soul, it's this thirsting, it's thirsting,
1: is thirsting. That is Father Kevin McGoldrick, and oh God, you are my God. It's 859 at Matri-Day Radio. Thanks so much for tuning in to The Morning Blend today. David and Brenda with you. We do appreciate it. Working our way through Holy Week, great interviews today. Thank you to Sarah for coming in, seeing what's coming in your email box this morning.
2: All right. And we keep that great programming going all day. And then this evening, well, you've got Voice of the Shepherd with Idina Marie Hale and our Archbishop Alexander Sample. That's on at 730. But you can also catch that episode on the Hail Mary media app. We hope you have a very blessed day.